Welcome back. This is my day 39 doing the Camino on a treadmill from my house in Galway, Ireland. Redoing, retracing my Camino steps and following BK Lee from Korea, who is now, has left Nakhara, is on his way to Azofra. And um, I remember doing this bit, I had actually started at something ridiculous, like 4.30 a.m., what was I thinking? And uh, you wouldn't believe me if I told you how many kilometers I walked on this day. Well, maybe you would, I don't know. I, I don't really care. Either way, what you believe? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, I am uh, still trying to catch up with Giulia from Roma, whom I met between Los Ar just outside Los Arcas, en route to Logroño. Quick recap, we bonded over a cute kitten, then I walked with her and her friend, and then I stopped off and said, hey, hopefully see you in I stopped off early for a cafe con leche. They had a friend with them who was rushing through the whole thing. They had some ridiculous deadline to do the whole Camino. I hope it worked out for them. And uh, I uh, just when we were parting ways, it seemed like she actually wanted to stay and have a coffee. This is a really, this would make a great script for Hollywood, you know, if anyone's listening. And I was like, just after they went, I thought, oh, she kind of liked me. And maybe, I mean, I liked talking to her. And we bonded over a kitten, let's not forget. You can't beat that. And I thought, yeah, I hope I see them in Lagronia. I never did. And then I started thinking, um, then I was, well, I might see her en route to Nahara, or there in Nahara, never did. So then Mark from New Zealand says she probably went to Azofra, start early and you might meet her there. So, oh my God, BK, he's burping. That orange soda is uh, it's doing working wonders on his digestive system. So anyway, here I am, when I was doing this, it was pitch black. I had one of those lights on my head. I seem to remember going through it forest, really narrow, dark forest. Imagine that, like at that early in the morning. That's spooky. But uh, I didn't, maybe he skipped that. Maybe the camera wasn't on for that bit. Anyway, we'll find out. Let's get the speed up here. 4.6, yeah, bring it on. So it's actually, so I did one late last night. I did a Camino session, and I did, and this is the morning before work, 7.30 a.m., so, and I didn't eat much yesterday, so, and it's Ramadan, so a lot going on, a lot going on, I, I don't follow Ramadan, I'm just sort of saying, maybe I sort of am by accident right now, just for a day, though I had coffee, so, that's probably not allowed. Coffee with sugar. Anyway, fascinating details. 
about my diet. I'm sure you'll all concur. Oh, I was in a great mood last night and still am today because why I'm in a great mood, you ask? Is it because I met up with Julia from Roma? No, more to follow on that though. But no, I um, got my submission in to my editor for my book and uh, I'm happy with it. It's like, got in 5,000 words, which is the maximum, but I also wrote 6,500 and cut it back. Just when that happens, that means A, there's been a little bit more of a flow than usual. I mean, yeah, I'm not writing fast by a lot of people's definition, but everyone has their own speed. But like the last time it was coming to a standstill, I submitted just over 3,000 unedited words. And I was like, I know if I ha didn't have an editor, uh, I would have quit by then. So that's this whole process of hiring an editor. I don't have a publisher, but I'm hiring an editor. It is paying off. I had a choice. I was going to do one of those private, you know, writing school things, but a lot of that involved reading other people's stuff and critiquing other people's stuff. And I'm not good at that. I'm not in the headspace for that. Like, I did, um, my sister wrote a short story recently that I looked at that was very good, and I gave her some advice. I say advice, sorry, I am no more expert than her. But, you know, just so I gave her just my opinions as a reader more than anything else. And uh, she sent me another draft, I gave her opinions, and, but I said, you know, I can't really give forensic analysis here of what I think might make the story work because I just I'm trying to figure out my own story and I'm, I'm not good at that you know so I'm glad I didn't do that course where I'd be spend an awful lot of energy critiquing other people's stuff and then stuff you don't like but you don't want to be too negative and then <laughs> people being negative to me I mean oh, it's just I guess if they all love my stuff if they all loved my stuff and said it was great and I said all their stuff was awful and they still praise me, I guess that would feel... I don't know how it would feel. <laughs> I've never experienced anything remotely like that in my life. So... <laughs> I don't know. Would it feel amazing or would I feel like a fraud? I don't know. <sighs> Would I feel like Macbeth? I don't know, that popped into my head there. With the voice saying, I will be king, or something. I haven't, uh, I, I'm, Macbeth is, I think it's kind of hailed as the great Shakespeare work, am I right? It seems to be, get talked about more than, or is it Hamlet I'm thinking of? <laughs> no, it's Macbeth, isn't it? The Scottish play, the Scot Scottish play. Um, I saw a production of it by the National Theatre from London, but they came to Dublin with it, Borgosh Energy Theatre. God, I hate that all these theatres are named after brands. But that's the world we live in. You know, if we had a communist party, it'd probably be called, you know, the Vladimir Ilyich Lenin Theatre. Would that be any better? I dare say it wouldn't. 
Not for me, anyway. I ain't no goddamn commie. <laughs> um, where was I? What was I? Oh, yeah, but I must say I really liked their production. It, um, it was really visual. Oh, and it had a whole post-apocalyptic vibe, and I loved it. Now, I read a review. I, I'm sure when I saw it, it didn't have all the main cast. I think, you know, or, you know the original, some of the original cast had changed. But the Telegraph review was quite critical of it. But, you know, that was written by a person who's kind of well-versed in Shakespeare, which I'm not. And they were saying, you know, the director excised certain texts and left out critical bits. And I didn't notice because I'm really not at all familiar. I just loved the way it uh, visualized and dramatized the whole thing. Because for me, Shakespeare, maybe Shakespeare is my theme for today, although I doubt I could speak for 10 minutes on Shakespeare, let alone 60, unless I speak really slowly. Let's see what happens anyway. So, what was I going to say? <laughs> Oh, I'm not a good morning person. Um, Shakespeare. Yeah, just the language. Certainly in school when we studied him, I would have found the language difficult. I guess I'm a bit lazy like that, but like say then I would have read, I remember as a kid, I read Greyfriars Bobby, written in vernacular Glasgow dialect, which I found quite difficult. And it had lots of footnotes underneath. I'd probably get more out of it now. I found it challenging. I was quite young. But say then, as an adult, as a young adult, many not that long ago, sorry, I nearly said many moons ago. I'm still a young at heart adult, for what it's worth. Got good genes as well. No, not my Levi's. Good genetic Good, good DNA going on there, my friend. I live forever. But uh, my point is, if you bear with me, oh, BK stopping at a truck. He's putting his st sticks on top of the loader at the back of the truck. It's an old, I think it's, sorry, I wasn't concentrating. It's rusty. It might be sort of not running anymore. What's the word for I'm looking for? Oh, and he's drinking water or something. Um, Shakespeare was. So the language was difficult. Oh yeah, as, a, as an adult, young adult, I read Train Spotting by Irvin Welsh. Oh, this is a tractor with a loader in the back of it, okay. Glad we cleared that up. Uh, and big fan of tractors here, as you know. I think if I was, if I had loads of money, would I get a tractor to go into town on? I'd kind of dig that, but I probably wouldn't have the balls to do it, you know? Just to say, yeah, I'm the dude with the tractor who drives into town. Um, I know I'm not a farmer. Uh, I just do it for the cheap diesel and because I think it's cool. Um, where was I? Tractors. 
a tractor, I would also like a DeLorean. Would I have the balls for that? I don't think so. Like, okay, I'm working from home now, but if I was working in a spittle in the office, would I really drive in there in a DeLorean? Could I pull that off? See, in Ireland, you just get sneered at for that because we don't like any kind of, you know, ostentatious displays of wealth or success. Unless, you maybe if you're in a certain world already, that's okay. I don't know. Because they've made these, like, there's a guy who's re-kitted out DeLoreans. I think he bought the license. He's re-kitting them as fully electric cars, which probably would be better than the original, which was an, apparently an average enough uh, three-speed automatic. Nothing that fancy. But they look so cool. I guess if, like me, you grew up in the era of Back to the Future, that's just impressed on my brain how cool that car is. So I, I suppose in an ideal world, I would have a tractor and a DeLorean outside my house. That would be an interesting look. You're just asking for trouble though. I live like in a little terrace of townhouse just off the street. So I'm pretty sure my DeLorean would get keyed. They wouldn't key the tractor. They might damage it though in some way. I, I'd kind of like an old school tractor, ideally with no cab, but legally you have to have the cab. Political correctness gone mad, if you ask me. It's just virtue signaling. Look at me with my cab on my tractor. Anyway. <sighs> just caught a glimpse of myself, turned to the right, reflection in the glass of the painting beside me. I still kind of... I've had a beard now for, I guess... Uh, not quite a year. I guess I started growing one. Let me think. Yeah, about a year. This time last year, it took me like... I never grew a beard before lockdown because any time I try for a few days or a week, just looked awful. You know, some guys look good with stubble. That didn't... I didn't rock the stubble look at all, in my opinion anyway. And then... When lockdown came, I was like, oh, damn it. The first lockdown ever, which was kind of exciting for a lot of people. Traffic stopped and you could hear all the bird song. And I was just, yeah, just let my beard grow. Let's finally see where this leads to at the other end. And what saved me was, because every night I would go to bed and I would think, by the way, I know I'm repeating myself here. Come on. I got 160 of these to do. You really think I'm that interesting? No, I'm not. It's all repeats from here on in. It's like, you know, hey, people watch repeats of Seinfeld, so come on. They're still showing them years later. Anyway, I said, let's see what happens. And every night I would go to bed thinking I'm shaving this in the morning. I saw a picture there, you know, on my phone, Google Photos was saying a year ago, this time a year ago. That's right, that's how I know what I looked like this time a year ago. It showed a picture, selfie I took when I was out walking. Kind of just took it just to see, check out the old beard. 
and it was, yeah, early days, slim pickings. And the only thing, so I'd go to bed every night saying, I'm shaving this in the morning. And imagine I'm talking about this and I, I critique our modern society for being so, what's the word, shallow. And, and here you go, exhibit A of shallowness. Moi. Anyway, I, I, I admit, I'm shallow and I'm a hypocrite. Deal with it. So, where were we? Actually, no, I can be deep. I'm trying to cover the whole gamut from shallow to deep. That's what's going on there, okay? How dare you question me? So, every night I go to bed and I gotta shave this mother in the morning. Gotta shave this beard. Then, every morning I go, okay, one more day. And then when I was going to the shops, you see, because I was wearing a face mask, that's how I got through that. Before, I'd be like, I can't go out looking like this. So I'd say after a month, I thought, oh yeah, there is something there. I mean, I was disappointed how slow it took, but it was like, yeah, this is worth sticking with. I honestly think it took two months before I was like, yeah, I like this. Imagine that, this is fascinating, right? So, uh, what else have I to say on that? Nothing. I've had a beard ever since. There's times it went, looked a bit like rocking the Unabomber look. Then I got a fancy kind of trim by this guy in town, Notorious Barbers. Young guy runs up. Kind of gave me a bit of an MMA fighter look. I mean, just the beard, not the rest of me. Um, so, which is definitely not a look that I would normally go for. No, he did a nice job on the beard. Now I've got hair growing long and keeping the beard trimmed. And I think that's what I'm gonna stick with. So, when the hairdressers reopen, I'll keep it long, get the, keep the hair long, get it trimmed. Oh God, I am so vain and shallow. And doing this podcast has revealed my worst attributes. You can see me as I really am. I am the most shallow person in the whole of Ireland. There's your tabloid, tabloid headline for you. I'm sure they could come up with something better than that. Sorry, I'm sniffling again. I have chronic sinus problems, as regular listeners will know. I should have blown my nose before this. I don't want to sniffle my own way through it. No, I don't have COVID, because I don't go anywhere. As I said, unpopular people like me, the people with no friends will be the last ones standing when this whole thing blows over. And then the men in black will arrive at my door and say, we need you to help run the country. I'd be like, nah, nah, too late, you know. Now you come to me, I've been waiting all my life for this, and now I'm like, no, you're, you're only coming to me because everyone else is dead. I had a dream last night that I was on some course, like one of these courses I did in England before. So I did this Hoffman process thing, all about family stuff. I did a couple of Tantra courses, which I would say people think of Tantra and sex. That's part of it, but it's 
I'd say primarily about intimacy in all its forms. I was on something like that. And then I remember, I don't know, it was playtime, people were doing different things. And some, some of them were playing snooker and others were playing oh, foosball and different things, which there was none of that on these courses, but there was on the one in my dream. And I was just excluded from all the groups and I was trying to get in on one of the groups. And then all the people who were playing snooker, they all suddenly had these suits. And they weren't like the kind of nice suits that snooker players wear. They were they were wearing long tails, you know, coats like the kind of ones you wear at a wedding, like that the groom would wear. But they were um, they were all white suits with long tails. It was bizarre looking. And anyway, the point is, no, nobody wanted me. I don't care, I'm tough, I'm a writer, I'm a loner, yeah. I don't need all those people in their white suits. White suits on white people, on the whole, doesn't work. I know what you're thinking, you're thinking Johnny Logan, right, my Irish listeners. Nah, he didn't rock that, did he? Um, Don Johnson, did he wear, he, he on occasion would have. I remember once wearing a carbon grey suit with a white t-shirt and the guy said to me, what, you're trying the Miami Vice look? I don't think I rocked that either. Showed up at Lily's Bordello that night in Dublin because I was working with a certain, I guess celebrity is the word they use, famous person. My name was on the door along with the cameraman I was with. So. Lily's Bordello was, at the time, the place to be in Dublin. Uh, there was Lily's and Reynard's. They were the places, and if you were kind of well-connected, you'd have a golden key or something. Of course, I didn't have any of that, so I'm just the Galway lad. Why would I have a golden key? I'm just a mucker from Galway. That's what they call us in Dublin, muckers. I was just a peasant boy, simple peasant boy. So, but on this occasion, I had, um, yeah, but like everything in this country, not like everything, but it's pretty common occurrence for me. When someone says your name is on the door, in my experience, in Ireland at least, there's, I think, possibly less than 50% chance that your name is actually on the door. It's not that, the person who told you, it's not that they didn't say, hey, put his name on the door, it's just... No, people don't take responsibility. It seems to me, from my observations in this country, often people just sort of, I don't know, it's not clear who's resp responsible for what, so then it doesn't get done. But then no one gets blamed because no one took responsibility in the first place. Fintan O'Toole wrote about it. He called it, he said, you can have a cock-up or a conspiracy. But he said what we have in Ireland is a cockspiracy. I'd like to think he was talking about the incident with my name not being on the door in Lily's Bordello. But I, I, no, he was talking about slightly more 
important matters to do with, you know, the issues of the state and what and what not. I like that word, what and what not. And uh, so, cockspiracy means we conspire to cock up. In other words, we deliberately don't take, don't attribute responsibility to anyone so that when there's a cock up, we go, well, no heads roll because nobody had taken responsibility. I actually, in my professional life, from a young age, have been happy to take responsibility. Oh, look at me boasting. Yeah, why not? No one's listening anyways. That's the greatest sin of all in Ireland, boasting. And here I am doing it. And yet here I am doing it. Sad, really. Um, no, I, I remember my early days as an assistant editor signing a release form to a negative cutter in England. By negative cutter, I don't mean he was an editor who was really negative. The old days, things were shot on film. Well, in the old days, shot on film, a work print is made of the negative, you cut that and then it's reconformed back to negative. And then when I was doing it, it was edited on a computer and then the negative was, we make a list and they cut that. Oh, there goes a car. Or a van. And, uh, but I remember there was a cheaper way of doing it, which was all about that with that Roger Corman's company legendary B-movie producer. So I, I said, well, do it this way. The Ned could have said, I need something in writing to say, <clears throat> I can do that. And I put my name in writing and signed it, and everything was fine. Well, I knew it would be fine. He boasted. He said, boastfully, nah, too many adverbs aren't good in writing. He said, boastfully. It would be much better now to do that. He said whilst thumping his chest in, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I never said I was a good writer, okay, right? However, if you want some more writing tips, subscribe to my paid uh, podcast on writing. I have one on writing, one on investment, one on finding nerve, and oh, lots more, I've lost track. And uh, you can get a kind of bundle of all of them for the fabulous price if you subscribe right now for the James Finland podcast on a treadmill, uh, hot tips for life sort of bundle. They're all done from a treadmill, by the way. I'm, I'm so super fit at this stage. I'm on the treadmill all day. Um, for the price of, what's the price again? I'm just checking with my producer. If you subscribe right now, you can get all this for $100 a year, okay? But wait, there's more, I know. Just just hold on, don't, don't click that button just yet because if you subscribe now within the next hour, you will get uh, a free double bundle that you can share with your loved ones, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and wait, there's more, I'm throwing in um, thrown in something else. I can't remember what it is. All I'm saying is just subscribe right now. You'd be crazy not to. And if you don't subscribe within the next hour, you are screwed. If you don't subscribe in the next hour, your whole life will fall apart, okay? All your dreams and aspirations will, be, will come to nothing. 
I will set, put a pox on you and all of yours. I put a curse on all of you who didn't subscribe. Yeah, maybe I should try that approach. I, they're always trying the positive approach. I'd kind of try the voodoo approach, I'd say. I'm going to do voodoo on you if you don't subscribe. You know? Hey, I'm getting a bit dark here. Relax, I'm only joking. Just, just hit the subscribe button. Relax. Your life... I'm not saying your life won't fall apart if you don't. But I'm not saying it won't not fall apart. Is that what I'm trying to say? I'm not saying... Oh, I don't know. There's an ad like that on CNN for one of those prepackaged meals things. We're Hola. It's like, we're not saying this won't make your life better, but we're not not saying that. So that's where I'm at. Legally, I'm covered, okay? Legally, I'm totally covered. Got some of the best lawyers in town. Got this, some Giuliani chap. Apparently, he's uh, out of work at the moment. He's, Apparently he's very, he's very good, apparently. So where are we? I'm more than halfway through, I think. Well, I'm about halfway through. Train Spotting, the book, yeah. Amazing. Why was I talking about that? Anyone? Anyone? Yes, dialect. So that has um, this Edinburgh dialect. But... And it, it has no um, footnotes. But you see, Greyfriars Bobby was considerably older, so it was archaic language, so it was tougher. So I think, I don't think they had footnotes in train spotting, did they? Maybe there was a version with it, but you didn't really need it. There was Bairns and Weens. I think there's some of those they have in Northern Ireland too. Weens, parents or kids, children. Weens as well, small, wee ones, right? Small kids. Another hot tip. If you sign up for my dialect podcast, more of that to follow. Learn every language in 30 years. That's, um... Learn every language you'll ever need in just 30 years. Um... Bit slow on the subscriptions there, but it's part of the bundle. I thought that would be popular. Seems it's not. Not sure where the mistake is. Might, might have to look at, into the marketing on that one. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I feel good now. I only had a few hours sleep last night, but I feel so good because I got my writing submission in. Kind of ahead on work things, but yeah, we'll have stuff to do today. I'm just glad I got up and I'm going to finish BK's day eight this morning. That's nice. Hell, I might even do another one tonight. I just, I got to stop skipping days on the Camino. Simple as that. So be it. Like last night, I ended up doing one at 10.30 p.m. So be it. Um... So, I, I, after today, I will have four of these to edit, or is it five? I think it might be, uh, not five, hopefully. Anyway, they're not that hard to do. A little tedious. It's not really edit, it's just top and tail and fix the sound. It's not that crazy. 
I'm not going to give you all my editing secrets here. However, if you sign up for uh, the bundle, they my hot editing tips from top Hollywood editor. That's me, by the way. Um, yeah, I worked in Hollywood. I actually did. Hollywood in County Antrim, isn't it? Just outside Belfast. Imagine I have to think about that. It is County Antrim. Bloody hope so. <laughs> oh, I'm such a typical South of Ireland person, Republic of Ireland person. No, I know, I'm just not good in the mornings. That's all it is. But I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling good, I just ain't talking good, my friend. And everybody breathe. And breathe in. And breathe out. This is um, a sample from my um, mindfulness podcast, also part of the bundle. It's called, what's it called? Healthy Mind, Healthy Body. Get your shit together with James Finland. Uh, mindfulness on a treadmill, that's the actual official name for it. Yeah. Mindfulness on a treadmill. Wherein I propose that people should live, people in the future will live their whole lives on treadmills. The world will become overpopulated and we'll all be just. Also, there's going to be more possibly viruses. Oh, I'm getting negative now. Ooh. My producers say, no, 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 don't do it, don't go there. And we'll all be, I'm going there, I started so I'll finish. We'll all just be indoors, living in little pods. And we'd have to walk in treadmills, that's our only exercise. And we'd be linked up to drips that feed us. And that's basically it. We'll just be, that's all you can do all day. And then your treadmill becomes a bed at night and you lie down. It's okay, you'll have a TV in front of you. You'll have all the binge-worthy episodes. So, maybe nicely sedated, courtesy of, you know, non-stop streaming and your life. You will be comfortably numb, as Pink Floyd say, in, what's the album, anyone? The Wall, correct. Ah, which brings me to... Of course, Shay Healy. Irish listeners will know. Shay Healy was passed away recently. God rest his soul. Uh, he was like, when I grew up, I would have been aware of him from a young age. He was a songwriter. He was also an RTE producer, started as a cameraman, got into the whole songwriting thing, Eurovision, Castle Bar, Song Contest, everything, and penned winner with Johnny Logan what's another year which apparently was actually written about Shay Healy's father after losing his wife which makes it kind of me imagine it in a whole different context when I know that but he then as well as doing all the Eurovision stuff he ran a show called Nighthawks that was actually was great personally I think better than well, okay, no. Tommy Turner's show was amazing. But I would say Nighthawks is better than a lot of stuff our national broadcaster tunes out now. It had that rough and ready feel to it. And uh, I was at one recording there where 
they recorded a few of the comedy sessions back to back. But Nighthawks, yeah, it was set in this kind of bar or diner or something, wasn't it? They did a famous interview with an Irish politician. Oh, what's his name again? Over this phone hacking scandal where he finally... Sean... God. From Castlebury and Roscommon. He finally ditched, gave the dirt on our former Taoiseach Prime Minister, Charlie Hoy, which ultimately sort of led to his resignation. That was at a time when you could have a show like that that was both kind of, um, you know, a bit of pop culture and a bit of politics. Yeah, Nighthawks, great show. I believe Jerry Stembridge, Irish writer and filmmaker, was involved in it too. Another great guy. Don't know him that well, but I've met him a few times and he is great company, I have to say. Hope, hope he's doing well during lockdown. And, uh, God, I'm really going off on tangents. And Shay Healy, there is a connection here I'm trying to get to. Oh, yeah. So you're wondering, what's the connection between Shay Healy? This is a $10 question. Between Shay Healy and Roger Waters of Pink Floyd, formerly of Pink Floyd. I'm more of a Dave Gilmore person. I always have to get that in there anytime I mention Roger Waters. Yeah. I'm more of a Dave Gilmore person. Ah, oh, Dave Gilmore. I could eulogize him. There's a particular reason I like him. It has to do with his adopted son. Many of you know the story, I'm sure. But also, damn great, I mean, amazing guitarist, right? Amazing. So, back to basics. Uh, Shay Healy. So no one got the link, okay. So, I get to keep my $10. Good. Um, he, when they were eulogising him, talking about him on the radio on the weekend, just after he passed, they said that he got involved, there was an alternative Eurovision in Dublin, and he entered a song in it, and it was another prick in the doll. For non-Irish listeners, the doll is our House of Parliament. And it's a play on which song? Anyone? Correct. Another brick in the wall. I just, when I heard that, another prick in the doll, I thought, I, I wonder can I locate that somewhere? Oh, would love to hear that. And apparently he did all these, re-recorded all these versions of ABBA songs with different lyrics, with humorous lyrics, but ABBA didn't bite. It never got released. But I actually worked with his son years ago. I didn't know he was Shay Healy's son at the time. Um, he used to work in screen scene post-production in Dublin, uh, doing the telecine that was transferring the, uh, the, the film rushes to, to videotape. And this is how we did it at the time, and then we'd take that into a computer for editing, and then it would all end up going back to negative. Uh, as I said, more of that on my editing um, podcast part of, part of the bundle sign up you've got now you, it's down to 47 minutes if you sign up in the next 47 minutes your life will be amazing forevermore and if you don't you're on your own buddy okay 
you. I warned you. I did warn you. That's all I'm saying. You're going to come to me. I can see it now. It, it, just as soon as tomorrow, people will be coming to me saying, my life has fallen apart. Can you please give me that deal? And I'd be like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you got uh, 46, 45 minutes. And don't say you weren't warned to sign up for my Make Your Life Amazing bundle. Okay? It's got everything in there from, as I said, top ex-Hollywood editor. Hollywood with one L, but let's not get hung up on technicalities. And uh, people would kill to have this. And now you don't have to kill anyone to get it. Just for just $100 a year, you can have access to all of my extraordinary thoughts on life, editing, philosophy, business, finance, investment, um, religion, spirituality, atheism, Christianity, Satanism. <laughs> it's all in there. Uh, health and fitness, mathematics, physics, um, anything you want. I mean, we just keep adding new topics. I'm just recording nonstop. Um, my producers putting together these amazing packages. So you got now 43 minutes, okay? Sign up. You get them all for 100 bucks a year. It's a steal. If I told you that for, you know, less than the price of, I don't know what, that's $100 a year. How many days in the year? 356. Um, I, <laughs> I'm too tired to figure it out. Like, that's like, okay, $2, for less than $2 a week. Like, you know, two bucks, what's that, a cup of coffee? You can have the most amazing life ever. And the crazy thing is, this stuff works. Even if a million of you sign up, even if the whole world signed up, you would all have amazing lives. Imagine that. Yeah, right. Like, you know, these pyramid schemes where they advertise, oh, you sell all this crap, overpriced crap to your friends and become a millionaire. It's all, it's a myth. Some people can make money on it if you're particularly good at screwing your friends. But it's like, the whole thing falls apart if you do the maths on, like, if everybody got involved. It's just not that, it's not possible for everybody to be that successful with it. Also, where they make a lot of their money, they send you on these training courses where they keep brainwashing you into the fact that you're going to be a millionaire if you keep coughing up. That's how they operate. That's how it works, folks. But if you sign up for my, I've got a new pyramid scheme and it really works. It's part of the bundle. So my one is the only one that works. Um, Guaranteed you become a millionaire uh, with a few caveats. There's a little bit of small print there. I wouldn't, wouldn't get too worked up over that. Um, but yeah, absolutely guaranteed with a few uh, caveats. 100% guaranteed, 1,000% guaranteed with a few caveats. Okay? So sign up right now. Uh, 39 minutes. Do it. You owe it to yourself. Well, you owe it to me, and you owe it to yourself. 
mainly to me, though. Look, I'm giving you all this Camino stuff for free. I mean, even this stuff is going to make your life 10% better. But if you sign up for the package, it'll make it 100,000% better. So you do the math, right? 10% or 100,000%, it's up to you. Okay? Anyway, where were we? Oh, there goes a, oh, a low loader. Is that what they call those? I don't know. It's a truck with the thing on the back. I know they use low loaders for cars, car driving scenes in films, cars on a low trailer. They're pretending to drive and cameras on the trailer as well filming. Oops, I've given away a trade secret. Ruined every movie for you now. There's also a blue screen process, and then there's my favorite, poor man's process. I did that in my legendary film, Errorville, where you, if it's a car, it's all dark around it, you have lights that you rotate, so they're like street lights, they hit the window, um, just at intervals, timed intervals. And then ideally, see we had it in mind, you have two lights in the background representing another car. But initially that they were moving too much. They looked like a drunk driver, so we said move that less. And by the end it was moving too little. Yeah, and then the lights got caught in the rain on the windscreen. And the, the, yeah, it did, no, it was fine. It's tricky to get it perfect. In retrospect, I should have stuck with the drunk driver. No, that would have been too distracting. And then we had a handheld camera inside the car, and yeah, it worked. That was my favorite scene to shoot. For some reason, it's one of the happiest moments in my life. I'm just, just pissing rain outside. Because we did it outside, not indoors in the studio. So we had the flashing, the rotating lights set up. They weren't rotating, they were, there was a grip on each side, person on each side holding a big black flag, and they would move that so that it would cover the light and then uncover it. So you just create, on the actors who are in the car, you just get the impression of street lights passing them. There's also these little lights in the car below the actors just to throw some light on their faces. And uh, Larry Manley was my cameraman, did a great job. And, uh, yeah, handheld camera inside the car. From, just filming them from the front seat. It was only, it was the two people in the back seat we were filming. Taxi driver, we only saw his eyes in the mirror looking ominous. That was Pete Ray, take a bow. Great eyes, great eye acting. He's a renowned eye actor. Uh, known the world over for his eye acting abilities. So, um, how did I get onto that? That's, that's what this podcast should be called. How did I get onto that? I'm going up to 4.8. I don't care anymore. I'm going nuts. So, uh, train spotting. Yeah. Amazing. And we started with Shakespeare, didn't we? Yeah, I did like that production of Macbeth. For me, it was just really visceral. And I feel, now I have to say the Druid Company, of course, did. Druid, the legendary Druid Theatre Company. Gary Hines, their artistic director, of all the people 
artistic types from Galway that I would admire, she would be, well, the one, absolutely. Hard worker, really successful. And her work speaks for itself. And she's successful on the world stage, and deservedly so. And I've said it before, I don't think I ever saw her in the flesh because she wasn't out in the pubs talking, talking up a great show. She was putting her head down and doing the work. And uh, that's, I take, certainly at this stage in my life, I look more to people like her for, um, as an example. Also John Borman, with whom I worked, was and is a great example. He is now in his late 80s and still going strong. Last time I saw him, he'd published a memoir. I was there at the launch. I'm not pretending I know John really well, but I've worked with him. And that was just before COVID. I had a nice trip to England. Shortly after that, everything went into lockdown. At that time, people weren't, didn't really realize what was coming our way, even though it was, uh, the writing was on the wall. BK just took a picture of a sign there with some graffiti on it. I didn't, didn't read it. We never know. Um, but since then, so he brought out his final memoir called Conclusions. His final sounds ominous, but that's pretty much how he would have, how he framed it himself. Conclusions. In the preface, at the end of the press, preface, he, it's a beautiful short preface, but at the end of it he says, um, and so while I still can, I hasten to testify. Something like that. Quite touching. But since then he has brought out, so that was what, just before it started COVID, just over a year ago. He, he's brought out a book on nature, Buen Camino. There goes a car, a car going the other way. Uh, a book on nature and a book of poetry and possibly another radio play for RTE. Uh, John Borman, like, is a legend of 20th century cinema. Go Google him, if you don't believe me. But what I really admired about him and what I saw in action was a serious work ethic. The fact he went to military school probably helped. One part of me kind of wishes I did, did, even though I'd have hated it. Might have knocked the creativity out of me, it might have backfired. <clears throat> oh, there goes a the tractor. There goes a the tractor. Wonderly, wonderly tractor. That's the theme tune from Wanderly Wagon. Popular Irish children's TV show of yesteryear. There's another word I like, yesteryear. Yeah, I like that, yesteryear. Um, I can't really remember what I was going to say. 4.8, let's go back to 4.6. So we're getting into the last 10 minutes. Let's have some water here. Gary Hines, John Borman, good role models. You'll meet plenty of people in the Galway pubs. Talk a great story to you. Be happy to hear about the book you're 
contemplating writing, especially if you buy them a pint, which the phone's going again. Apologies for that technical delay. I'm back. I'm back, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, Alan Market has explicit. I'm not beeping out things anymore. <sighs> Doesn't really matter. If nobody listens to your podcast, if nobody listens to James Finland's podcast, is he still a genius? I know the answer to that, but uh, I'm keeping it to myself. Modesty prevents me from answering that honestly. I think deep down in our hearts we all know the answer, don't we? <laughs> I see you nodding enthusiastically, yes. Okay. Okay, I'm a genius. There, I said it. But, you know, I don't, don't like to boast about it. It's rude to boast about your prodigious talents, I think, your amazing talents. I think just let them speak for themselves. You know, I think the fact that I'm walking the Camino on my treadmill alone in my house with my two cats tells you everything you need to know about me. So this town is really sleepy as well. Is this? Is this a sofa? You know, I, by Jove, I think it is. Of course it is, because we're getting to the end. Will I meet Julia from Roma? So at this stage, I'm arriving here, and it's like the sun is barely coming up. I remember there was a bakery opening, just opening up to my left, and I got a pastry and coffee. That was my breakfast. It was so nice. Sweet, sugary, was it a cafe con leche? Probably, that seemed to be what I had over there. I'm more of an Americano man normally, hmm, yes. But the old bit of milk gave you a bit of protein. Nothing wrong with that. So here we are in a zoo for a nice green door to our right. And uh, long shadows. So BK is arriving. He must have walked, I'm thinking. Because uh, I think he must have walked over 30 kilometers today. We'll see it when the map comes up now, presently. Less than five minutes. And uh, can I keep talking for that one? I dare say I can. Will it make any sense? Perhaps. So. Gotta hop in the shower after this and I'm straight to work. I hope, I hope. I'm wondering. If my audiobook was playing in the background, did that come out? Because I've got noise-cancelling headphones on. No, because my phone is on silent. Oh, life is so complicated. After doing my Camino last night, I had my phone in my back pocket. I book-dialed two people. One of them was my doctor's office. It's okay, no one there. One, my friend Mike Finn, at about quarter to midnight. 
hung up and texted him and said, oh, I just, apologies, it was a foot dial, as the Americans call it. So he was disappointed. He was hoping it was a friendly call. But no, it was an accident, Mike. I had no intention at all whatsoever of calling you. Sorry. But the truth hurts. Oh, we just, did we overtake someone there? Truth hurts, but you're better to know it. This town is so sleepy. Can it still be siesta time? I don't know. There definitely were a lot of ghost towns along the way. I don't think this is one of them. A lot of sleepy towns. How long does a siesta run? Is it two hours? More? There goes a car. Anyway, getting near the end. Uh, oh, didn't have the fan on at all. Imagine that. Imagine that. Bar Sevilla on the right. Bar Sevilla. I think that's what it said. Oh, well done, BK. Buen camino. So, I can hear the wind blowing in his microphone as we round a corner here. And uh, uh, we are nearly there. Within the next any minute now, any second, even, the maps will come up. And we're done for the day. So, it's just so sleepy here, it's unreal. There's nobody around. It's like a ghost town. I'm not going to sing it. This town, I can't even, I don't even know how it goes. It's going to be a ghost town. I don't think it goes anything like that. Oh well. So I'm just at this stage running on fumes. I might bring up the map, please. I'm out of words of wisdom. You're gonna to have to pay for any more. You've hit the paywall, my friend. You've hit the paywall, and you have now 37 minutes to subscribe to my Change Your Life Forever uh, podcast bundle. Or regret it for the rest of your life. It's really up to you. No pressure. 100 bucks a year. And there we go. We're on the maps. So. So we're he's showing his steps now from Negronio to Azofra. Quite a bit of an incline in the middle. And yeah, it goes up, 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 and then down, 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 down. He's showing pictures of the route along the way. I'm actually hanging in to see how long it was. I'm guessing 25, because I... 25 plus, I'm thinking 32 kilometers or something like that. 33, let's say, no, 32 I'm sticking with. So let's see how close they are. More pictures. <coughs> and, oh, yeah, sorry, 30.9 <coughs> kilometers. <coughs> so 31, I was close enough. Okay, that's it. Buen Camino, over and out, and uh, God bless. See you soon.